<laughs> yeah, so I was I was googling topics to talk about for the cold open, and uh-huh. I just I googled I googled Kanye West just to see what our how our boy's uh-huh. doing. And I want to read y'all this headline. Oh. Kanye West filed his U.S. presidential campaign papers 14 seconds late and blamed an iPhone. And I have this I have this mental image in my head of Kanye West running up the stairs to, like, the government building, papers in hand, like, please, no, 14 more seconds. And the guard's like, sorry, Mr. West. <laughs> I was <laughs> almost there. I was almost there. Are they not going to let him? No. No. <laughs> 14 seconds late, buddy. Dang. Time management. Kanye West might have given up, but my my campaign strategy is still going strong. Oh, yeah. I just want everybody to know that everybody who was worried I was going to drop out, mama didn't raise no quitter. Mm-mm. Did you get your papers As in? president, I don't necessarily have, like, policies so much as, like, decrees I would mm. like to make. Oh, executive orders. Executive mm. orders, yeah. So, like, if you are caught in Walmart without a face mask, you immediately have to move to the back of the farthest grocery Ooh. line possible. Not just like not like two or three people. I mean like four extreme couponers. Yeah. The guy who's gonna argue with customer service for forty five minutes. Like right. I mean, really, really suffer. Okay. Yeah, I, I I can agree with that. Um if I were to make a totalitarian regime out of COVID nineteen. Tis the season. Yeah. If you are caught uh, just anywhere in public, even outside without a mask on you have to um, duct tape your tongue to the nearest surface and uh, you have to let it stay there for however long the person that caught you deems necessary. It can be like a citizen's arrest sort of situation. Gotcha. Um, so it's really, I. this is a democracy and so I really mm. want to leave it up to the people to decide how long they get to punish you for. Yeah. Well, I also like that this requires every U.S. citizen to walk around with a roll of duct tape in yeah. their back pocket. Yeah. At all yeah. times. If I was president, if you're caught without a mask on outside in public, um, similar to Derek's, well, I'm going to use duct tape, but it's going to be uh, duct taping headphones to your ears where you mm-hmm. have to listen to Gilbert Gottfried read the entirety of Twilight. <laughs> And Edward said to me, <laughs> "That's how I fall asleep every night." So I don't, I don't see what the issue is. Your blood <laughs> smells so good. <laughs> Have fun editing that. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Stir the Plot. I'm Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> Dear Lord. Hey, Gilbert. Gilbert, it's been a while. How you been, buddy? Yeah, it has. <laughs> I've been miserable. I got asked to play Iago in the live-action Aladdin, and I said yes. Worst decision of my life. Uh, Gilbert, how is uh, how's quarantine been for you? Bad. Oh, because I'm old and I can't go anywhere without someone coughing in my face. Mm. See, everybody, celebrities are just like the rest of us. They're very down to earth. That's awful. <laughs> Extremely down to earth. <laughs> Well, Gilbert, it's been great having you on the show, buddy, but uh, I got a podcast to start, so I'm going to have to go ahead and knock you off the Zoom call. All right, bye. Bye, Gil. Wow, he's such a sweetie. I really hope he hasn't done anything controversial in the past two to three years. <laughs> Me too. Like, it would be weird to have him on the pod and then, like, find out later, oh, he has actually, like, from the ha- from the from the half field point of the football field, just, like, punted a dog. The impressive thing is he made a field goal. Yeah. <laughs> if you couldn't tell because I do a movie podcast, I don't know a ton about sports. Mm. <laughs> you know, in baseball where they take the dog and they kick it. 
Well, unless you're the Astros, in which then you you steal the dog from somebody else. Oh, <laughs> and then even you- I know that that's like bad. Even I know that sports reference stealing is illegal. <laughs> um, despite what you might think, we're not a sports podcast. We are a podcast for movie lovers, where we watch the first and last scenes of a movie. And try to improv what happens in between. My name is Brady King. My name is Derek Fultz. And I'm Colton Hart. Hey, my name's Tyler. And I already explained what we do on this podcast. Stop asking me. We explain it every time. It's like, mm-hmm. I think we want to be inclusive of new listeners, but like, are we are we getting new listeners? <laughs> <laughs> Who's hopping on at episode 20? Like, <laughs> it's, a nice, it's a nice little refresher because it's been a little while since we've been on mic, so I'm worried the people might might forget Mm, that's fair so today's movie um is actually a chunk of audio we recorded three months ago yeah uh we recorded this what probably like in april Mm -hmm. april or may yeah um when we thought that life was going to kind of slow down for a little bit because it had already been slow for about three months at that point and if anything it actually just picked up for the three of us dear lord it did uh we we've been uh very very busy very very busy (laughs) um (laughs) yeah and you know we we love doing the podcast but between you know full-time job and moving towns and all this other stuff you know life just life happens someone someone asked me how many times i've been unemployed since april three (laughs) that's how many (laughs) it's been crazy So, without further ado, please enjoy this April recording of Blade Runner. Run that old footage, Brady! Yeah, so Blade Runner, I feel like, personally, is like the litmus test that film majors use to determine who they can Mm. and cannot trust when it comes to cinema. Not in a healthy way. No, it's like... Blade Runner and Nolan films are like the universal film major, like gate, like it's a, it's the universal like gatekeeping language. (laughs) I also feel like this is a really divisive film. It's either like, wow, that was a masterpiece of cinema or I can't get that two hours back. There's not really an in-between. Yeah. I will save my thoughts for it after we fix it. (laughs) So... (laughs) Okay, sweet. Well, the way this works is we are not legally allowed to play movie audio on this podcast, so I've converted everything into screenplay format, and we are going to reenact the scene for you guys. Colton will be narrating, and Derek and I are going to be playing a few different characters. Yep. Uh, Yeah, so without any further ado, Colton, would you do me the honor and take us away? I will. Los Angeles. November 2019, we see the black industrial skyline of a futuristic LA. Bright plumes of flaming byproducts shoot into the sky as the city lights glow underneath. An enormous rectangular building towers over the rest of the city as flying cars zoom in and out of the docking stations. Inside, we see a long stretch of office cubicles. The room is hazy and dark as a man in a slick brown suit puffs a cigarette. There's a knock at the door. Come in. A disheveled-looking man in white scrubs enters the room. He circles the table nervously. Sit down. The man in the suit activates a strange device on the table. A mechanical arm extends upward, containing a tiny red facial scanner. Hey, you care if I talk? I'm kind of nervous when I take tests. 
Just please don't move. Oh, sorry. The device on the table pulses with a strange hum. I already had an IQ test this year. Don't think I've had one of these. Reaction time is a factor in these, so please pay attention. Now, answer as quickly as you can. Sure. The interviewer looks at his notes. 1187 at Hunterwasser? Uh, that's the hotel. What? Uh, where I live. Nice place? Uh, sure, I guess. Is that part of the test? No, just warming you up, that's all. Oh. Yeah, you know, it's not fancy or anything. The interviewer rolls his eyes. You are in a desert, walking along the sand Is when... Is this the test now? Yes. You're in a desert, walking along in the sand, when all of a sudden you look down... What one? What? What desert? It doesn't make a difference. It's completely hypothetical. But how come I'd be there? Maybe you're fed up. Maybe you want to be by yourself. Who knows? You look down and you see a tortoise, Leon. It's crawling tortoise? towards you. Tortoise? What's that? The interviewer sighs and takes a long drag of his cigarette. You know what a turtle is? Of course. Same thing. The interviewer looks down at the scanner. Leon's eyes are getting increasingly anxious. I've never seen a turtle, but I understand what you mean. You reach down and flip the turtle on its back, Leon. Do you make up these questions, Mr. Holden, or, or do they write them down for you? The tortoise lays on its back, its belly baking in the sun, beating its legs, trying to turn itself over. But it can't. Not without your help. But you're not helping. What do you mean I'm not helping? I mean, you're not helping. Why is that, Leon? Leon is starting to get paranoid. His eye twitches. The interviewer smiles at him and leans back in his chair. They're just questions, Leon. In answer to your question, they're written down for me. It's a test designed to provoke an emotional response. Shall we continue? Leon nods. About your mother. My mother. Let me tell you about my mother. A gunshot explodes through the building. The interviewer flies backward as a bullet tears through his chest. Leon stands over him, pistol in hand. Ooh. Hmm, Leon's got some mommy issues. And a hatred for turtles, apparently. Yeah, what the heck? Mm. Tortoise, tortoise. Yeah. Tortoises, specifically. Yeah, he he know he's see, he's like never seen a turtle, but he knows about them. <laughs> <laughs> Enough to know that he hates them. Me talking about any movie that a film major has asked me if I see. <laughs> okay, I think, and I could be very off base here. I think that this is a western. Okay, mm. interesting. It kind of sounds like a western. We've got <clears throat> a gun, so that's one thing they have in. That's one common. thing I think a western has to have. Mm-hmm. A mom. Oh. Mm. Um, downtown LA. Oh, da- that, yes. never forget. <laughs> yes. I, let's be honest. Los Angeles is kind of the wild west of debauchery. Mm. Yes. Yeah. In, in in saying that, I think that it is obviously like a, a sort of like futuristic take sure. on a Western. Kind of like Wild West with Will Smith. <laughs> I think like the proper term for it is like a neo western maybe mm, something like sure. that. You th- you throw neo in front of something and it automatically makes it like futuristic. <laughs> yeah, sure. So most westerns begin with an incident like this, right? There's been like a murder or 
they're like trying to bring in this like crazed gunman who I think Leon could be like Leon could be this wild west gunman. Yeah. What I'm thinking. So I'm, I think that the interviewer is uh, a part of the town's like police force or, you yeah, know, he's okay. like a deputy or something. Yeah. He's a, yes, a deputy. I'm yeah. trying to think in Western terms. Um, <laughs> Horses. Uh, he's a, ho- he's, a horse. he's a horse. The interviewer is a horse. Um, and he's obviously brought in Leon, who I think is a part of this sort of gang of criminals. Okay. He doesn't know specifically that he is, but he's doing this test to try to get him to kind of give give like an emotional response in right. order to figure out if he's a part of this gang of criminals. And maybe maybe he asks him about his mother because he knows like maybe this guy's mother was killed by like a member of the police force or killed by like um, some member of the law enforcement community. And he knows it's going to provoke an emotion. Hmm. I think that like the police force know, or the, the sheriff and the deputies. Yeah. Yeehaw. Uh, Let's all take a second and give him that yeehaw headspace boys. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Give me a second. Let me get let me my go, Copenhagen out. I was going to say, <laughs> let me go put a dip in. Um, I was going to say, I think that they, that they, the, the sheriff and the deputies know that the leader of this gang is called like mama or something like that. Mm. Oh, um, okay. And so and I think like, like, uh, the mama character could almost be this like wild west, like rodeo girl almost who's like a crack shot and started yeah. this band or like joined this band of outlaws when she was six years old and has like eventually became the leader of the gang, you know? Yes. Yeah. And I, I'm like thinking in my, in my head. So the deputy is asking these questions, you know, about, about basically like, why are you not helping a tortoise that is obviously injured? Yeah. I'm thinking, so he's he's very pointed with his language. He's asking about the desert and stuff because there was an incident prior that that happened in a desert. Like, uh, this gang ambushed, um, ambushed oh, a deputy. Okay. And yeah. uh, the deputy was injured. And he, like, called out to Leon and was like, help me, help me. And he's not helping. And so mm. the, the deputy eventually dies. He's asking these very pointed questions of, like, you see it on its back. It's like it's baking in the sun and you're not helping. Like, why are you not? Yeah. Helping? Mm. And, and what if just to really drive the, the point home, they like wrote a, me- like you could almost do this, like breaking bad where they like write a message or like mount his head on a tortoise and like ride it into the town as like a <gasps> warning or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That's, cool. <laughs> yeah. That's very That's uh, cool. breaking bad. That's cool. Yeah. I think this is obviously the inciting incident, right? So we've set up who the outlaw is going to be. And obviously, we're going to find out later that Mama and this, like, gang of... Uh, we got to come up with a gang name. Yeah. The Blade Runners. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Colton, you've this done is, it. This movie writes itself. <laughs> They're the Blade Runners. Oh, my gosh. You did it, Don't Colton. bring a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> Don't you bring a blade to a gunfight. <laughs> I love it. So later, we're going to be introduced to the main character. And I know enough to know that the main character of Blade Runner is going to be Rick Deckard. Mm-hmm. And so I think eventually the sheriff is going to bring in like the one and only person who can bring this man to justice who he could even be like a, like a former member of the Blade Runner. Like he <gasps> yeah, could have yeah, been a Blade yeah, Runner yeah, himself. Yeah. yeah. He's like an ex Blade Runner. Mm. Yeah. It's like, 
uh, you know, I think that eventually, like, he's going to work his way up through the... So, like, I think Leon's, like, an officer or whatever in the in sure. the gang. But, like, he's, like, newly appointed. Very low on the totem pole. He's, like, maybe, like, a little bit of a hothead. Like, he, you know, gets drunk at the saloon and spouts off a lot. And Ugh, same. He, he, Gotta he get can't, like, super somehow. be trusted. <laughs> oh. When you say the saloon, you mean your house. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think he brings... Deckard in and he like maybe shows him the turtle he like flips the turtle over and there's like a message it's just like somebody's drawn a like crudely drawn like middle finger sticking up at them <laughs> yes yeah they're he's like they're like throwing crime scene photos down on the on the table in front of him and they're like you know they're planning they're mm. planning something big I tell you what I'm gonna raise the stakes just a little bit mama is his sister Oh, Ooh. sibling squabble, you know, as siblings right. do. It's like I think it could be, it could be like uh, he gets like he starts to like kind of disagree with what they're doing uh, with like all the you know robbing banks and tying underage girls to train tracks. <laughs> <laughs> the Western days were boring. That's all you really had to do. <laughs> yeah, it's either that or like roll a hoop around on a stick, <laughs> uh, <laughs> chase tumbleweeds into the gully and get eaten by coyotes. <laughs> Yeah, get bit by a Healy monster and hope you don't die. What if he and his sister were, like, the original, like, founders of this gang? Oh, what if his sister, like, pushed him out? Or, yeah, yeah, or she, like, <gasps> took it a completely different direction than he was willing to go, so he just, like... Yeah. Yeah. So he was just, like, wanting it to be, like, Robin Banks and stuff like that, but then she starts, like... So we kind of already established that this is, like, a futuristic Western, so, like, I think we can incorporate some more, like realistic element like she starts like pushing mm -hmm. drugs like yeah he thought it was going to be more like good old boys honoring gunslinging type yeah of gang but she but, was like no we're gonna we're gonna run this town yeah it's it's like a, a cartel almost yeah all right so i think we've got a pretty good idea of like the groundwork of this like of this neo-western epic tale that we're about to spin but I wonder what happens next. Hey, Colton, would you be so kind as to give me the next part of that script? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, ready? All right. Rick Deckard stands alone on a rooftop. Rain pours from the sky, streaking blood down his cheeks as he attempts to catch his breath. Suddenly, another man leaps from a nearby access hatch. He's shirtless, with bleach blonde hair, scowling at Deckard. Deckard takes off across the roof. He runs to the edge, leaps to the next roof, and misses. He lands with a loud thud on a metal beam, struggling to maintain his grip in the rain. His pursuer, Roy Batty, leaps over him with ease. As Deckard dangles over the edge, Batty approaches him with a murderous look in his eye. Quite an experience to live in fear, isn't it? That's what it is to be a slave. Deckard claws at a metal beam with all he has, but it's no use. He loses his grip and plummets toward the ground. Suddenly, a hand grabs his own. Roy Batty, smiling, lifts him up to safety. He tosses Deckard onto the rooftop, towering over him. Deckard struggles backward, fear in his eyes. But Roy simply crosses his legs and sits down beside him. The two stare at each other, exhausted. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I've watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate. 
Batty stares at the ground, lost in thought. All those moments will be lost in time, like tears in rain. He smiles at Decker. Time to die. And with that, Roy Batty bows his head and closes his eyes. The rain pours over his body, washing the blood from his face. Deckard breathes a sigh of relief. To his left, a voice calls out to him. You've done a man's job, sir. Gaff, a thin-looking man in a black trench coat, is standing on the rooftop next to a floating police car. I guess you're through, huh? Deckard sighs. <sighs> Finished. Gaff tosses his gun onto the roof. It clatters next to Deckard. He turns and strides back to the car. With one last look at Deckard, he shouts, It's too bad she won't live. But then again, who does? Speaking the truth, my dude. I love slam poetry. (laughs) (laughs) It's too bad she won't live. (laughs) But then again, who does? (laughs) So we've got a new intro. We we've got a new character to introduce. Yeah. Roy Batty. We've got two new characters. Oh, um, three. Well, I mean, we've already introduced Deckard. Well, don't forget about the floating police car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the third character, the floating police car. Yes. Um, are we gonna say that like Roy Batty is a part of the gang? Like maybe he's the number two. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. That yes. sounds like it. Absolutely. Or like maybe maybe Roy is the guy who pushed Deckard out. So like he, him and his sister were in this together. Roy Batty joins and then slowly starts edging Deckard out. Yeah. Roy might be getting a little sweet with his sister. Or, yes. yes. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. I think Roy is the one that kind of pushes his sister to start thinking in a more uh, violent direction. Yeah. Um, There's so much money in this. Like You could be like powerful yeah. he, and rich people would fear you. Yeah, he comes from a pretty, you know, shady background, which is why he says I've seen things I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. And why he um, has bleach blonde hair. Never trust him. Yes. Yeah. He has obviously been through some stuff mm. if he has bleach blonde hair. I'm Roy Batty from the band InSync. You remember me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that I think that Gaff, this uh character we've introduced, is the sheriff. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was mm. thinking. And maybe he what if Okay, here's here's my thought because this can be a trope in westerns at times is that like the main character is indebted to the law. So what mm-hmm. if he's he has to pay a debt to the sheriff? So the the sheriff only agrees to let him go if he tracks down his sister, which is yeah. why he's been keeping tabs on him this whole time. Yeah, mm. no, for sure. Um I what if Deckard like starts to kind of rethink leaving? Yeah. And uh, he, okay. So I think at one point he meets up with his sister again. Yeah. 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 Uh, And they have a discussion and he starts to kind of have second thoughts about everything. I think no matter what, he's still going to have a sweet spot for his sister. Oh, sure. Ugh, family ties. Ugh. (laughs) I am thicker than blood. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What if unbeknownst to Roy, the sheriff also hired uh, bounty hunters okay. to, to track down his sister. Mm-hmm. And this was before he even brought Deckard in. What if one of those bounty hunters is Roy Batty? Oh, shoot. 
Okay. Oh. Uh, but Roy also has his own schemes in mind. Mm-hmm. So it's like if he gets rid of Deckard's sister, he can move up to take the top spot. I think I think Roy and uh, Deckard are going to have a meeting where we like first introduce the two. And there's like obviously some tension there. Sure. Then we get to the camp, right, where Deckard like meets up with his sister again. And he's like, sis, this is like not what we talked about. This is not what we wanted and I think that's when like yeah. Roy comes in and just starts like shooting up the place, and and then he and his sister are now on the run from Roy Batty. I so I think at the end of this, I think Roy kills the sister. I almost I almost want the sister to get away because we have that line at the end where Gaff is like, "Too bad she won't live." Yeah, uh, oh, I see. Maybe Deckard has like hidden his sister who maybe by this point has like changed her ways by the end of the story, but he's like hidden his sister. Which is why Gaff is like, oh, we're gonna find her. Like you can you can do whatever you want, but like maybe, we're gonna find your sister. Maybe Gaff and Deckard like kinda like form a bond and like there's like a like there's kind of like an unspoken like Yeah, I think Gaff for sure has a mutual respect for Deckard, but it's not like it's like kind of a tumultuous like frenemy thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why we see him like giving back his gun. Yes. Yeah. Uh so Instead of I think Roy being revealed right away to be like a, a like a triple agent at this yeah. point, um, there's an assass- There's like an anonymous like assassination attempt. Oh yeah, so they don't know they don't know that Roy Batty's in on it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, I'm just gonna say this is a pretty cool western. I'd probably watch the crap out of this. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is this is like <laughs> nuts. Um, yeah, I think what if Roy Batty has almost paid somebody to like assassinate the sister or he has like an assistant. Um, and so Roy Batty is there when this assassination attempt goes down. Oh my God. It's Leon. Leon's his informant. It's the double agent. I love it because, yes. because Leon uh, is a part of the gang, but inside that gang, there's sort of like this coup almost to overthrow the sister that she doesn't know is happening. Mm-hmm. And when Deckard finds out about it, he's like, sis, You've got to get out of here. There's like, these people are after you. Your own people are turning against you. Ooh, okay. Hold on. Uh, the sister escapes. Rick goes to find who did it. Finds Leon. Mm-hmm. He finds him and, he, and mm-hmm. he's like, you know, why'd you do that? Who are you working for? Blah, blah, blah. Threatens him with a rattlesnake or something. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, pours gasoline on him and starts waving a match in front of his face. <laughs> he, he get the gasoline? <laughs> He, well, it's, it's, Neo, you know, it's Neo future. Or it's Neo Western. <laughs> People walk around with pockets full of gasoline, I guess. Yeah, I got a pocket. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a real Western. He's just shooting the ground until oil pops up. <laughs> um, Fun fact, you can do that anywhere in Texas, actually. You just hit the ground and oil just springs up. Yeah, that's why Rick's uh, nickname is the Fracker. <laughs> <laughs> they call me the Fracker. Yeah, uh... So he like right before Leon, right before Leon's about to tell him who he's working for, uh, Leon dies. Oh, I think like mm. you see like a little like red dot on his head, yeah, and just like boom, and like Rick's like frick, like yeah, and, and then so, he turns around and this uh, mysterious figure jetpacks into the air and off into the night sky. <laughs> or um, that was an Attack of the Clones reference from Star Wars: Attack yes. of the Clones. Yes, uh, she he sends out he sends bugs to go kill Leon. <laughs> Angry centipedes after him. Yeah. And then 
Rick goes to a nearby diner and asks him. It's a poison dart. Um, <laughs> I think that Rick rushes back to the hideout uh, to basically tell his sister, hey, it was Leon. He walks in. Roy is telling his sister that Rick is working with the police to bring her in. Oh, yeah, because at this point, Roy is still like the whisper in her ear. She yeah. thinks she can trust Roy Batty. Yes. Uh, so he's like, Rick is working with the police, which I mean, he's not wrong. Yeah. But like basically saying he's, he's trying to bring us all in. He's trying to, you know, tear us down, you know, tear down the empire that you've built. Um, and I, I think that's the point where she's like, listen, Deckard, I'm going to give you like five seconds and then we're coming after you. mm -hmm. And so I, I almost think there could be this scene where like Deckard is pleading with his like pissed off sister starting to come at him with the gun. Yep. How do we think, how do we think Deckard finds out about Roy? Maybe there's something in the cave that connects them. Like something just subtle enough. Like he's like, (laughs) he finds a blonde wig. (laughs) Uh, He finds the sniper rifle. (laughs) I almost want to set the stage for some reconciliation between brother and sister. Like, Mm. I feel like, oh, Derek's got something. Hold on. Hold on. I want to throw this wrench into the scheme. Oh, okay. What if the sheriff also wants to be the head of the game? Everyone's the head. So, like, everybody is coming after his sister. I think it's at that moment when he realizes... Well, crap, Gaff and Roy are both in on this. He escapes Roy and runs back to, like, catch his sister. And, and his si- she, he gets back to camp, and his sister's like, I told you not to come back here. Mm-hmm. And that's when, like, crap hits the fan. And mm-hmm. there's just, like, gunshots flying. Gaff and Roy Batty start coming after him and his sister. Yeah, because yeah, Gaff, wants, Gaff wants to also, like, run guns and, like, all this other stuff. Because, like, he has access to that, and he can, like, shoot everything sweep everything under the rug if anything like comes out because he's the sheriff well and plus dirty cops are just a good plot device so <laughs> yes yeah unbeknownst to roy rick has been like w- recorded his whole entire like posturing like yeah you know whatever or like on a, a body cam or something i don't know sure and so he plays it for her and she's like i like i had no idea blah blah mm-hmm. blah um and then once she figures it out i think that's when roy and roy and gaff come for the kill and that's when yeah. we begin our like big climactic shootout. And so I think it's it's at some point, you know, like guns are blazing. There's this big like all out gunfight. Um, his sister gets hit. Mm. He hides mm-hmm. her. Maybe like, oh, maybe there's like this. There's like this moving train or something. And he like yeah. throws her on it. And he's like, I'll catch up with you. Like, I'll meet you in this next town over. Like, just hang in there. <laughs> like a like a continental monorail or something. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And so he's like saved his sister, but he still has Roy to deal with. And that's where the mm-hmm. end scene comes into play. Yep. And then Gaff basically saying like, she won't live. But then again, who does? It's basically, we're setting up a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> we're setting up the Blade Runners franchise. Yeah. When does, um, when does Harrison Ford come into all this? He's Rick Deckard. He's walking around in the background, mumbling and hobbling around like an old man. Yeah, he's talking about he's talking about he doesn't know what force ghosts are. (laughs) Yeah, if you look carefully, he's in the background the whole time complaining about the new trilogy. Yes. (laughs) No, Harrison Ford is Rick Deckard. He's the main character. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he's the main character. Have you not seen you haven't seen Blade (laughs) Runner, huh? You haven't seen Blade Runner? You haven't seen Blade Runner? No, I told y'all. My mom, I think my mom said not to run with scissors. (laughs) Dumb. (laughs) Um That was 
Did we do it? I think we did it. We did it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I want to go ahead and say, like, I'm sorry that there weren't a ton of goofs in that, but, like, I think we made a really cool yeah. movie. I was about to say, I think we sacrificed laughs for the coolest Western screenplay we've seen in years. Yeah, we don't always have to be goofy. We can, we can, we can, we, we can, can be serious. We can be serious. Nowhere in the contract is it written that we have to make you laugh, okay? New theme song, new... <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, you're selfish. Coming in here, expecting us to make you laugh all the time. No, this one's for us. It's our time. I don't have the emotional economy to make people laugh. <laughs> I'm drained. Anymore. I spend all day staring at my wall, and my hair is so long it's acting as soundproofing. <laughs> uh, Derek, do you want to explain it, or should I? I personally cannot explain this movie. Okay, I got you. I got you. Brady, I want, can you explain it in a way... Like in the most film majory way possible. Yes. To where like I'll probably have less idea what this movie's about. Right. This movie is, as far as I know, one of the first sci-fi noirs. Um, so it it follows the tropes of a film noir movie just within a sci-fi setting. So basically there's a world in which replicants, which are basically like advanced humanoid AIs like androids almost. yeah ba- they're androids more or okay. less um are are servants of humanity but after a certain period they go rogue and start killing people and it's it's at that point that they start having to hire these blade runners to come and kill the androids and so Harrison Ford is one of these blade runners and he is hunting down Roy Batty who is an uh, an android gone rogue Gotcha, okay. The whole plot is a lot more complex than that, but that is essentially the gist of it. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so the first time I watched this movie, I mean, the only time I've watched this movie, um, I was kind of telling y'all off mic a little bit, I had to split it up into two chunks because like, I started it kind of late. Yeah. And it was running into like midnight, and I was like, I'm already having a hard time keeping up with this movie, so it's like, I'm going to come back. Yeah. Because it was like, I wanted to watch it before I went and watched 2049. Yes. Um, And we can talk about the sequel later because the sequel is its own entity. Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, it was like, I love cyberpunk as like an aesthetic. Mm -hmm. I think that this is like kind of the quintessential American example of cyberpunk. Yes. And it is not a movie that holds your hand. No. It's, It's a movie that assumes you are as smart or familiar with the source material as its writers were. So it assumes you understand film noir tropes. It assumes you understand science fiction tropes, which is not like that Venn diagram doesn't overlap a whole lot. So I think that's why a lot of people leave this movie really confused. Yeah. It, it's a lot of like really pretty kind of aesthetically pleasing shots. This is kind of my takeaway from it. Uh, a really a lot of like really pretty aesthetically pleasing shots that are kind of slapped together with some like basic like bare bones dialogue in the middle. I like I liked the movie, but like I wasn't a, a huge like it wasn't a life changing moment for me. Come for me, film Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so I I am on the other end of the spectrum. I feel like because I love Blade Runner, but I absolutely understand why it turns people off because it speaks its own language and it doesn't do a good job of explaining that language to you. Hmm. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of like base knowledge. It requires you to know. 
I, like I said, I, I was in, interested in it just because I love cyberpunk as an aesthetic. Maybe also I haven't seen a, like a ton of like noir detective movies. And so maybe that's why I was kind of like, sure. Thrown off, like thrown off by it a little bit. But I mean, also 2049 is in my opinion, like amazing. Like it's amazing. Brilliant, brilliant movie. I think 2049 is all the good things about the original Blade Runner and none of the confusing nonsensical parts of it. Yeah, no, I think 2049 is very much so more uh newbie friendly. It its plot is a lot more followable. It is cuz I feel like in the original Blade Runner, if you miss a line of dialogue, you're done. But in 20 I feel like 2049 was a lot more forgiving. Yeah, the the first movie, I think splitting it up into two different parts for me was a detriment in understanding it. Mm. Uh because I was like Oh, well I missed some like I like I have missed something in my 8 hours of sleep that I took before uh, <laughs> before I watched the second part of this movie. I like that it's the um, first thing you did before you went to bed and then you woke up and were like, "All right, <laughs> time to try." Well, yeah, cuz I was going I was going like that later that afternoon to go watch 2049 and so yeah. I was like, "Well, I have to finish this movie before I go watch this." Yeah, you got to got to choke down this pill before we start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But 20 uh, 2049 genuinely is a masterpiece. Um and so is Blade Runner. You just have to have a certain like IQ to like really understand the like fine oh, minutia of the plot and like its world building. So like, you know, so okay. I probably wouldn't get it. Well, yeah, I mean, no, I probably th- wouldn't under- throw a, throw another textbook at me, professor. Shut up. <laughs> Grow up. I hate it. I hate it here. Uh, so yeah, let us know if you enjoy the plot of the original Blade Runner, or if you'd rather see ours. Personally, I can tell you which one I'd rather see. If movie theaters were open, I would go see this movie in a heartbeat. Amen. Well, yeehaw, brother. <laughs> On that note, I think it's time to buckle up for another segment. Oh, oh shoot! You-, <laughs> you boys know what time it is? Uh, hold on. It's eight thirty-one. PM. Time for bed. All right, <laughs> gotta, gotta go. go. <laughs> gotta <Good> go. <laughs> no, it's time for Shaking Monsters. Derek didn't think I was gonna do it that time, but here we are. Welcome to Shaken Not Stirred. Uh, the premise of this segment is basically we take movies. Popular movies like Lord of the Rings or The Hunger Games or something that you may have seen before. Uh, we have them on a wheel and we spin that wheel uh, and we pair them up with another wheel of random genres and we improv what that movie would look like. Uh, so you get a lot of it's just a, a lot of goofs, a lot of sillies. This is the funny part of the podcast. You might have been wondering where the funny parts yeah. were. This is it. <laughs> This is where the comedy yeah, comes into slog- play. Yeah, you slogged through 45 minutes of us just making a cool movie, <laughs> and now you get to hear us make pee-pee-poo-poo dick jokes. <laughs> oh, all right. Y'all ready for the first movie? Yeah. Colton, hit us. I forgot to take Die Hard off the wheel, so we're going to spin it again. The Goonies? Have we done the Goonies? All right, The Goonies. Okay, the Goonies as a Coming as a age. documentary. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I feel like this one's fairly easy. It almost already you take them like later on in life, like you're filming all of like the Goonies, like Chunk and all of them, like like and they're just talking about like what they did, oh. like 
what if the Goonies was like a documentary about like a street gang of kids? <laughs> it's mm. called the uh, Goonies. Yeah, and they like it's like a it's like a documentary about like urban life in uh, in like <laughs> downtown in like in the East Village. Yeah, in the show they're like looking for like pirate treasure, but what if they're like home their home base or like wherever their gang lives is like that pirate ship? Yeah, it's like they uh they have found like an uh, a, a part in the sewer system of New York <laughs> that's like oh, that's like like literally like Pennywise's lair <laughs> where they have just like taken up residence and they live there and they just kind of roam throughout New York trying to find the different treasures of the city what what there is to find in the in the sewers of New York is beyond me cholera probably Oh my god. Come on, love in the time of cholera. <laughs> so, uh, they're like just, you know, wandering around New York being uh, these little street youths. And you get to know them really deeply and like know that they all come from like f- families that loved them, but they left because they were seeking adventure or something. One-Eyed Willie's just a hobo that has said that like, <laughs> he left like treasure like somewhere. An, like an August Rush, uh, like an August Rush situation. <laughs> yeah. What if they're wandering around the like New York sewers one day and they come across this like hobo who's like half drunk and asleep on the side of the culvert and he's like mumbling about some yes. pirate treasure. Yes. And One-Eyed one eyed Willie is just a, a character who's been so horribly mutated it's by Spielberg. the... It's Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? They, like, walk into this, like, dark room where there's, like, water and, and sewer dripping off the walls and there's some, like, hunched old man, like, mumbling yes. to himself about Jurassic World in the middle of the floor. <laughs> yeah, he tells them about the treasure. They go off and find it. The camera lingers on him for a little bit. He takes off his mask. It's Steven Spielberg. He's like, are you ready for Ready Player 2? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Colton, give us another one. Um, all right. Well, we're going to do current movies. Uh, these are movies that would would be in theaters right now. They haven't changed a whole lot in the past three episodes because not a lot's in theaters. Well, womp womp. But we are going to get Bloodshot. Okay. Bloodshot as a fantasy movie. Okay. I feel like this one can work. Vin Diesel, as we all know, loves D and D. Is this? Hold on. He gets killed in actuality on the show Harmon Quest. He goes on as a guest <laughs> oh, star. No, there's a set disaster. He accidentally ends up dying. Dan Harmon pulls him into the back room and like it's like, quick, grab the grab the wizard, and they like cast a spell on him and resurrect him into a more powerful. <laughs> Or he gets like resurrected back into like a fantasy world. Like, (laughs) what if, okay, this is like he's having like basically the ending is going to be he wakes up and it was all a dream. Oh, Uh, well, then it's an acid trip. 100%. He goes on Harmon Quest. They take acid. This is the ensuing comedy. Yes. And uh, he is uh, he is this powerful warrior that has like got <laughs> these like this like magic in his blood. Yeah, uh, blood. Um, uh, the, this this uh, this world is deprived of magic, and like he is the only one uh, yeah. that has any magic left in his blood. And so like he's got people after him. Yeah, the king of this world like sends people to like tr- go try to like find him and. It could almost be like a like a one punch man where he's like nobody can take him. Yeah, because oh. you know everyone's trying to fight him with swords and shields, and he's literally just like bringing down 
meteors a la Sephiroth. He's <laughs> <laughs> opening like other dimensions to hell. Yeah. And so like how do you how do you go up against that? Yes. <laughs> you know? Um Y'all, Vin Diesel already sounds like a D&D, like, character name that you would, like, pick it up does. or, like, that you would, like, a D&D character generator. So what if, what if in order to, like, wake up, because he can't recall anything from his, like, former life. So what if in order to wake up from this, like, acid trip, he has to find some sort of, like, object? He has to find a Blu-ray copy of uh, Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> because he let his he let his neighbor Dan borrow it and he hasn't seen it in a year and a half. Dan's gone missing. Now it's a high fantasy adventure to go get his Blu-ray copy yes. of Hobbs and Shaw. He has Shop. to get yes. all of his like all of his like action movie discs and bring them all together. So like Triple X, <laughs> Fast and Furious, Chronicles of Riddick, Chronicles yeah. of Riddick. Like uh, which fun fact I learned was based on his D and D character. Anyways, wait, was it really? Yes. Perfect Dark. Or what's the first Chronicles of Riddick movie? Not Perfect I think it's Dark. just Riddick, isn't it? No, it's not. Someone look it up. Vin Diesel is actually into... Yes, D&D. Uh, he, loves yeah. D- he loves D and D. Oh, I thought that was just like a like a like a joke you were just making. I genuinely think the first movie is just the Chronicles of Riddick. Uh, Pitch Black. No, Pitch that's Black. It. Pitch Black. That's per- it. Yep. Yeah, I said Perfect Dark. Yeah, Pitch Black is like. I think he's even said that like uh, Riddick is like based off of his D and D character. Interesting. So he amasses, you know, a, a little team, a little party, if you will, if we're going <laughs> to use fantasy terms. And so they go and find the king. There's a big fight. The king, uh, surprise, surprise, can use magic. He's been holding out on his people. Uh, the king dies. Uh, suddenly, the body of the king rises, and his face transforms into, you guessed it, Dan Harmon. <laughs> <laughs> who pulls a lever and reveals and, and like a bookshelf turns around and it's like the whole chronicles of riddick mm-hmm. lined up in in steelbook yep <laughs> he uh he opens up a portal back to the real world and says vin you can go home now you've discovered the uh the true meaning of D christmas and then um, vin diesel wakes up hovering over the toilet in the like bathroom behind the set of Harmon quest and it was all a dream and it was all a dream the, the pa yeah, the PA comes in and is like, hey, are you okay? Like, we need you back on set. And, and he's like, yeah, I'm fine. We're family here. And uh, <laughs> and then Wiz Khalifa's See You Again plays and the credits roll. <laughs> Paul Walker's there. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> CGI Paul Walker's there. All right, Colton, give us one more. One I could go for more. another. You, I got some room in here. You got it. This next one is going to be... Princess Bride as a useless or pointless sequel. They have children. I was going to say, like, the princess's children. Literally like a reboot of the Princess Bride franchise. Oh my gosh. Wait, what if we updated this for 2020? Yes. Okay. Let's let's do that. I like that. What if it's like set in modern times? I was going to say, has has Buttercup lived for long (laughs) enough? Well, obviously, Andre the Giant has now been replaced by LeBron James. Uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I was going to say The Rock. Yeah. Or Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, you're right. Who do we think Wesley is? Wesley's got to be. Wesley? Like a Chris Pratt type? I I was going to say one of the Chris's. Or Timothy Chalamet. (laughs) (laughs) Wesley is Timothy Chalamet. 
Uh, Princess Buttercup, Saoirse Ronan. Beautiful. This is also directed by Greta Gerwig. Um, <laughs> and it's no longer, like, it's not a fun adventure comedy anymore. It's literally, mm. like, it is a dark, gritty tale of <laughs> capitalism and... moody. Inigo Montoya, I think we can do... Do we want to pull an A-lister? I mean, yeah, he's iconic. Inigo Montoya is iconic. Gumail Nanjiani. Obviously, <laughs> Kumail. I don't know. I don't think Listen, Kumail Kumail's has got the, that bod. Have you seen that? He man does. Lately? He Kumail's he has got that, that bod. <laughs> he has that. Mar- he has that Marvel body for sure. I almost want to say Inigo Montoya. I was gonna say replace him with Oscar Isaac. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, Oscar Isaac okay. is Inigo Montoya. Yep, you're right. I could see that. He's got to grow out the hair a little bit, but we'll make it work. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can keep Wallace Shawn as Vizzini. Yeah, no, he's he's for sure inconceivable. We might have to carry him around on a walker, but he'll he'll be there. <laughs> yeah. I think, personally, it's going to do okay in theaters. Was it necessary? No. It's going to no. come out with like a 6.5 on IMDb, maybe like 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. How are we, how do you, let's just throw in like one thing to kind of modernize the plot for a new audience. Mm. It's, it's more, it's more the force awakens. (laughs) Fortnite dances. (gasps) (gasps) This is all happening over zoom. (laughs) Andre the giant has joined the chat. You just see like his, like his chin down, like to his like chest. Cause he's like, doesn't fit in the frame. Buttercup owns a, uh, a coffee shop that has to, that has to be closed down because the PPP didn't uh, the payroll protection <laughs> program didn't come through. <laughs> All right, with that, I think that has concluded. Shaken, not stirred. You know, boys, it's been fun, but I really wish there was a segment where we could just talk seriously about movies. Mm, are we ready for something like that? I don't know. Actually, I don't know if the fans hey, are. Um, no, 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 Derek, Derek. Don't try and patronize me. Okay, I, I won't. Just, I, um, I just want to dream, and I want to have space to dream. Well, I can give you that because, like, it's real. No, real talk. That is. No. Hi, <laughs> well, welcome to the sec- <laughs> welcome to the section of the podcast where we talk about uh, movies as if we are an actual serious movie podcast. Uh, some could say it's a podcast within a podcast. I would say it's just an excuse for us to talk about the things we've been watching. <laughs> but before we do that, I do have a little game I want us to play. Oh, okay. uh, it's not a new game. It's a new way of looking at the game for at least <laughs> it's one a new filter on the game. <laughs> this is Valencia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a pull. I forgot about Valencia. So uh, this is a game that we've played before. It is called In Review, where Ooh. I try, where I will read uh, reviews of movies uh, that uh, you boys will then have to guess what the movie is. I think I've, I think I've heard of this one. Yeah, I think you actually came up with it. And in typical white man fashion, I'm going to take it from you and claim <laughs> that it's mine because God said I could have it. Derek planted his flag. <laughs> um. So I'm going to uh, read out a review of a movie, an insane review, uh, and these reviews have been provided by, uh, they don't know this, but they have been provided by uh, the Twitter account Insane Letterbox Reviews. So uh, for those of you that don't know, Letterboxd is a newer social media platform. Uh, where you can create an account and basically review movies that you have seen. Uh, it gives everyone the chance to be a critic. All right, let's do it. I'm ready. So, 
All right, so our first movie. Here's the review. It's a four-star review. Mm, uh, okay. It says, took a while for the movie to suck me in, but it's a classic for a reason. Once it got going, I was 100% on board. One thing that surprised me, though, was how much I want blank to die by my hand. He's a wet yuck fella, and I can't stop thinking about... T- uh, <laughs> Hold on. Me, me too, buddy. He's a wet yuck fella that I can't stop thinking about beating to death with a shovel. I think that would be unreal. <laughs> what? So what movie? What movie, boys? I, I honestly don't even think I have an idea. What classic movie character would I want to beat to death with a shovel? When you say classic, are we talk are we talking like golden age of Hollywood or are we talking like 80s? Give me 80s. a give me a decade to, okay, 80s. Eight, yeah, 82. I'm thinking either Top Gun? No, Top Gun is 90s. Is it 90s? I'm going to say classic 80s movies with a slimy main character. Is it E.T. the extraterrestrial? <laughs> E.T.'s an abomination, Col- an abomination from the pit of hell. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to change mine to Gremlins. Okay. Are we are we married to those answers? I'm married to my answer. ET can go. Get him out of here. Okay. Ding ding ding, it is ET. Dang it. <laughs> ET the extraterrestrial with a shovel? <laughs> Our favorite wet yuck fella. <laughs> that boy nasty. That boy nasty. <laughs> I hate him. But he's so nice to Elliot. Is this like a real thing that Brady is like, you actually hate E.T.? A lot of people, when they speak about E.T., speak about it with like this nostalgic sort of rose-colored glasses. I hate E.T. I hate that man. <laughs> he sucks. It can go uh, It can go back where the E.T. video game is and bury it in a desert. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think we're taking a hard stance on the podcast that we are anti-E.T. <laughs> I don't speak for the rest of us. I draw that line in the sand. He's he's not fun to look at. I hate to look at him. I mean, every time I look at E.T., my eyes go to hell. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Visually, audibly, spiritually, he's a mess. I hate him. He is not within yeah. right standing of the Lord. No. no. Char- character design-wise, he's rotten. Cancel E.T. Can- hashtag cancel, cancel E.T. He's done. 2020, he's finished. He's finished. He's done. I hate him. Hate him. Let's move on to the second one. Y'all ready? Yep. Let's do it. Yeah, that was fun. The guy next to me was popping Xanax the entire time and kept telling me I could have his candy. Also, he kept sighing and saying F. It's an expletive. We want to keep it PG. (laughs) At random times. After the... After the movie, he said he was going to leave it to the YouTube nerds to tell him what the movie was about. <laughs> the end. From from a scale of one to ten, what did this movie rate? I'm going. I'm I'm gonna pick two. I'm gonna pick two because it sounds like he just had a sucky theater experience. <laughs> also, we all have this. We all have this person in our friend circle. We've all seen a movie <laughs> with this man. Sometimes we've all been that man. Let's be honest. I actually, when I saw Trolls World Tour in the comfort of my own home, I also couldn't stop popping Xanax. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll let the YouTube nerds describe the plot of Trolls World Tour to me. I said, you know what? If this is going to be the death of the modern movie theater industry, I'm going to let the YouTube nerds, I'm going to let them tell me. Uh, Okay, this has got to be some stoner movie. I'm going to say, I don't know, super bad. Okay. Okay, I'm going to guess... Avatar, <laughs> but then I'm also gonna guess 
the way the way James Cameron intended for Avatar to be watched. <laughs> I'm also gonna guess for half a point any Christopher Nolan movie. Okay. <laughs> All right. So are we married to those answers? Yes. Uh, yeah. I I have zero idea. Okay. Well, unfortunately, y'all were both wrong. Oh, no Ooh. way. Uh, it was actually the hit Oscar snubbed movie, Uncut Gems, from 2019. <laughs> 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 to be fair, that's kind of what watching that movie felt like. Popping Xanax and <laughs> the entire time telling the guy next to me in the theater that he can have my candy. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I've seen it oh in theater gosh. and I get it. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah. it was incredibly anxiety inducing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I needed I needed all those Xanax. I needed all 20 of those bars. I love that scene where Adam Sandler turns to the audience and says, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear you talking. It's kind of dude, rude. Dude, shut up. If you're going to watch it on YouTube, why'd you even come here? And then Rob Schneider says, shut up, dude. <laughs> then Rob Schneider comes into the theater and beats him to death. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's the last one. Again, okay. it's four It's four stars. <laughs> Are you all ready? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is what it says. This happened to my buddy Eric. <laughs> That's it. Can we have a <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean Curse of the Black Pearl? <laughs> I'm just thinking of like all the movies that like would be hilarious if it like happened to your buddy Eric. Like Tom Hanks big like oh, that's happened to my buddy Eric like <laughs> the Truman show <laughs> Groundhog Day like, yeah this has got to be again it's got to be some sort of stoner movie okay I'm gonna go with 21 Jump Street <laughs> I was thinking 21 Jump Street okay, okay. I infiltrated a college with my buddy that's a that's a good Wait, guess that's 22 that's 22 my bad I infiltrated a high school with my best friend. that's good okay okay yeah, I can see that. Colton, what about you, bud? Can I have the year? Uh, 2019. Oh, freaking A. Oh, shoot. I don't even remember what I had for breakfast. What movies came out in 2019? <laughs> Is it Joker? Did you say Joker? <laughs> <laughs> Was it a good movie? Four out of five stars. Yeah, uh, relatively. The one star was because it was ripped off from the plot of what happened to his friend Eric. Yeah, no, he's mad that they didn't give Eric writing credits. Is it is it Jojo Rabbit? <laughs> um, Don't even pretend you know. Just throw just throw something. Throw a dart at the yeah. board. And see what sticks. I'm gonna go the invisible the invisible man. I'm gonna go the invisible. <laughs> oh man. no! Oh no! Okay, <laughs> guys, it was actually Oscar favorite that year. Joker starring Joaquin. Are <laughs> 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 kidding me? <laughs> This is the oh. everyday hell that Eric lives through. Please send him love. Please somebody reach out to him. He's suffering. Eric, Eric is actually damaged. It's kind of nuts. Derek, Eric, if you're out there, like, no, it's going to be okay, buddy. Yeah. Or maybe it won't be. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe he was actually playing Murray Franklin. Maybe Eric is Murray Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shot on live TV. If so, RIP to this man. Sorry to this man. Sorry, Eric. So that was uh, in review. Uh, that was actually really fun. I I had a bunch saved, but I I'm, I had a bunch saved, but I'm glad those three were like right next to each other. 
All right. Uh, so let's get into the media we've been consuming these past couple of months. Mm. Uh, we'll try. We'll try to keep it short. I guess I don't have enough time to record a podcast, but I do have enough time to partake in Netflix consumerism. Have y'all seen the death of Stalin? No. Mm-mm. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, Death of Stalin is literally just the story of a few angry white people fighting over the power vacuum of Joseph Stalin's death, and it's hilarious. Mm. It is an incredibly dark comedy. There are no good guys. It's on Netflix right now. Definitely give it a watch if you've got time. It's got Steve Buscemi, Jason Isaacs, Simon Russell, Jeffrey Tambor, um, and then one of the guys from Monty Python, uh, not Eric Idle, Michael Palin. Oh, okay. And it, it's just such a, a crazy exploration of dirty politics and how everybody's playing this scummy game in <laughs> 60s Russia or 80s, whatever. Whenever Stalin existed, give him the credit he deserves. Give Stalin, Stalin? the... <laughs> Uh. <laughs> Give the man the respect he deserves. We are anti-ET, but very pro-Stalin. <laughs> That's going to do great with uh, film Twitter. If you put me in a room with two bullets and I had Hitler, Stalin, <laughs> ET, I would cap ET, no questions asked. No, no. no. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's my that's my solo offering to the table. What did you guys watch? So I, I've watched a couple movies. Uh, mainly, I wanted to point out. Did I have I mentioned on the podcast that I finally watched Ingrid Goes West? Um, uh, no, but it's a great movie. Yeah, it's uh, it's incredibly dark. Dark specifically because of how culturally appropriate it is. Yeah, it's a fun like it's funny ish. It, it just kind of points out the 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 awfulness of celebrity culture and influencer culture mm-hmm. and how like fast it can come and how fast it can get taken away from you it's uh, without giving away too much it's literally the story about how aubrey plaza gets the attention of a certain celebrity and then basically uses that to her advantage and it's not even not even really like a celebrity though it's like specifically yeah, yeah. about like a... instagram influencer culture mm. yeah 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 i mean it's not even like a like an a-list celebrity it's literally just somebody who has like a million followers on instagram yeah oh that sounds really interesting it is it's mm-hmm. great it's so good yeah aubrey plaza is really good in the movie yeah so definitely watch that uh if you have hulu it's for sure on hulu i know that uh, also on Hulu, another movie that I, uh, the other movie I want to bring up is called The Lodge. It is a film by uh, the production company Neon. Okay. Uh, who we all know from uh, such movies that film Twitter obsesses over uh, a portrait of a lady on fire and Parasite. Yes. Mm. This is, uh, it's an American movie. Uh, this dad. Uh, he takes his fiance and his two kids up to a cabin for Christmas where he has to leave and go to work and leaving the the fiance and the two kids up in the cabin. Uh, The kids do not like the fiance and it is essentially, I would say like horror movie home alone. Interesting. Interesting. Is it, is it like paranormal? Oh my goodness. Paranormal. I cannot say the word. (laughs) Is it paranormal horror? No, 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 no. It's very like steeped in reality. Uh, okay, gotcha. Like home invasion. Well, it's not even. It's not even home invasion. It. I. I don't want to give away a ton. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I will say though that like I like to you know affectionately call this movie 
gaslighting the movie (laughs) (laughs) because it's just it's it's just a constant like barrage of like how these kids can gaslight this poor woman and uh it's just it's really interesting it's it's very unsettling and uh there's no jump scares which i really appreciated i will say it did come out in 2019 so this also could have happened to eric Mm. yes this happened to my buddy diane (laughs) (laughs) and then uh i've been watching a lot of anime Heck yes! Oh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this. I I would add Hunter Hunter to my list. Also, oh, okay. Good. That has good. Uh, <laughs> um, Colton, you were right. The Antark is absolutely wild, dude. It's so the great. The only reason to watch the show. The oh. only reason to watch the show. Uh, sorry, Derek. I stole the spotlight. Go. No, you're good. Um, I brought up Neon Genesis Evangelion a couple Ooh, episodes yes. ago. Uh, and I said I was very on the fence about it. Uh, I finished the series proper on Netflix, and I was not a huge fan of the ending. It's very like existential and artsy, and uh, like okay, no, no actual finality to this. No, the no, 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 <laughs> no. I would go so far as to call it pretentious, mm. but I get like why it is uh, considered iconic because. The real ending for the show was, or the the ending that they made as kind of an answer to fans' complaints, because they were complaining about it even in the 90s, uh, was a movie that they made called The End of Evangelion. Mm. So they knew what they'd done. They knew. Well, the creator, unfortunately, uh, so <laughs> I read a lot into it. Uh, the creator made this show as a way to like deal with his own sort of uh, feelings about like depression and anxiety and stuff like that and mm. uh, grief. And so this is very much so like a, a project of love. Oh, that's really cool. It does make for some great anime fights too. Yeah. And uh, fans did not enjoy what he offered them. Uh, and he was receiving mm. like death threats and uh, y'all why? <laughs> yeah. Even, even in the nineties, like nerd culture was toxic, like nerd, like weeaboo otaku yeah. culture was toxic. I have never once finished a show except ET that I have gotten to the end of and been like, I want to kill a man. <laughs> Yo, let's uh, just, ET, ET's not a man. He's a monster. Let's just have a general. If, if you finish a show or a movie or whatever, and you have a thought of, I should write them a letter saying no. I'm going to kill them. Let's just take it. Let's just take a step back. Let's just cool off a little bit. Fine. I want you to pull out your phone and Google uh, therapists near me uh, or download betterhelp.com. Uh, <laughs> this podcast is not sponsored by BetterHelp, but it will be eventually, probably. Please, um, please give us money. <laughs> money, please. <laughs> I watched the I watched this movie and I was like, I was impressed with the animation. A lot of the iconic scenes that you see reference from uh, Evangelion come from this movie. Mm. Okay. Gotcha. And I was like, oh, this was okay. Like, it was fine. Mm, yeah. But literally, this movie has lived in my head rent free since I've watched it. <laughs> and I'm like, I cannot stop thinking about it. Like, the imagery, the like, it's great. If you have the chance, watch the anime. It's like 25 episodes. Um, get like slog for the sole purpose of getting through the movie, yeah, and then watch the movie. You'll get a much greater appreciation for it. Colton, what about you? What you been watching? Um, keeping the dark comedy train rolling with a question of is Daniel Radcliffe okay? <laughs> and I don't think he is, but that's okay. Um, I started. I watched Guns Akimbo. <gasps> um, Ooh, how was it? 
It's actually pretty great. It's ridiculous. Wait, okay, that's just to clarify. That is the movie where they like nail guns to his hands and make him yeah. fight or whatever. Okay, yeah. just making it's, sure because it looked when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, yes. It's dude, I don't it's understand. Ridiculous. But yes. So like the uh, do y'all know the pre- I guess I'll just explain the premise. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe is like an internet troll, and he eventually like trolls with the wrong people, and they like kidnap him staple guns to his hands and then make him compete in this like uh fight to the death with another person like through the city yes. and it's wild it's like almost like scott pilgrim meets death race almost in a way yeah whatever it was it looked incredibly high octane it's ridiculous but it's it's pretty funny um if you like that kind of stuff and then i've also been watching a little bit of anime um, I finished season two of Haikyuu. This is just a weeaboo fan cast. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And I did not think I was going to be a sports anime person, but I freaking love Haikyuu. It's so great. Um, and then I recently just started Demon Slayer. Um, and I like it. It's just not like, I kind of keep waiting for it to get good. And I'm like on episode like 16 and there's only 24 oh. episodes. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Okay. I just remembered something I watched. Um, I watched a documentary called Dear Zachary. It's insane. Guys, what I is like it? I ugh. so like I saw it on TikTok and like the premise of it is to not look up anything about it and just to watch it. Um guys, it will wreck you. It is really it's wild. Or can you share anything without spoiling the movie? So this guy died. He had a son uh who like wasn't born yet, and he had a friend who was like a documentary filmmaker. And his friend made this film for his son, his unborn son. Nope. <laughs> uh, Not about, his, that one. about his father. Nope. Oh, boy. <laughs> Dude, nope. like, I was... This is not the year for that one. <laughs> Come 2024, we'll revisit this idea. 2020? Nope. Not I watched do that. It. I was watching it, and the person next to me, my girlfriend, was like, are you okay? And I was like, Yeah. That was just like a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. It was it was it was something I'll, like that. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll I'll probably give it a watch. Also, I'm so sorry. Really quick, uh, shout out to uh, the Emmy nominations this year. Uh, shout out to Watchmen for racking up like 26 Emmy nominations. I got about two weeks left on my HBO subscription, so I guess I'm better <laughs> yeah, making it. Yeah, uh, and also shout out to my favorite comedy of this year, and uh, I guess last year I watched it during Quore. What we do in the shadows, the TV show. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so good. It, which is expertly done it is Excel- yeah. it is an so excellent it is an excellent show i was worried about yeah, i was worried about the transition from the movie to the show but i think it's still like it's, it's great. still great it's, yeah so i just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh everyone that got nominated for an emmy uh i'm really excited that fleabag and veep are not going to rack up this year and it's going to go to some like which i'm not <laughs> saying fleabag and veep are not great because they really are i i watched fleabag and and i've watched some of veep they're great I'm just really excited for some like fresh new blood to start uh, mm. coming in. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, we love y'all. You're the reason we do this podcast. Uh, you can reach out on Instagram or Facebook or email us at stirtheplot at gmail.com. If you have a second, uh, go ahead and swing by iTunes and leave us a five-star review and tell your friends. Word of mouth is one of the biggest things that we have to promote the show. If you got a buddy who's into podcasts and looking for something to listen to during the quarantine, Give them this show. We'd appreciate it. Yeah. 
One of my favorite things uh, to see is people like sending us screenshots of the text messages of their friends being like, oh my God, I listen, I listen to Stir the Plot yes. and it's hilarious and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's really fun to see. Also, thank you to 11 Acorn Lane for the use of our new theme song, Stay, Electro Swing Remix. You can find them on Spotify. They've been really awesome for letting us use their song. So go ahead and check them out on Spotify and iTunes. And with that, this has been Start the Plot, a podcast for movie lovers. My name is Brady King. I'm Derek Fultz. I'm Colton Hart. And my name's Tyler. And if you see Sandra Bullock, give her a hug. And make sure she's not an android. (laughs) They out there. 